0: Remember, Remember whatever discipline discipline you're in, whether you're a musician musician or a photographer, photographer, a fine artist artist or a cartoonist, a a writer, writer, a dancer, dancer, singer, singer, a designer,
1: this is what you should should do. do. Make good art.
2: This is Creative Soul coming back in May. This is our last episode on Stop Asian Hate podcast. To briefly give you a background information, Stop Asian Hate Challenge is a relay we've been doing for the past two months to invite creatives to share their artworks under the theme of racism and the recent Asian
1: hate crimes. Yes, and today... um we have invited two guests who have participated in our Stop Asian Hate challenge to hear about, you know, their stories and, you know, their opinions, their experience of of racism. So, without further ado, let's meet our guests, um, Dong and Kelly. Welcome to the show, guys. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Mm-hmm. Do you guys want to introduce yourself and, you know, some like background information <laughs> about how you've come to Korea and how how you guys were brought up? Just your background information.
0: You want to sure. start
3: first? Uh, yeah, I can um yeah so my name is Kelly I'm an illustrator uh, working freelance here um I came to Korea around six years ago uh, after I graduated from university and I wanted to go to grad school but I didn't want to go right after I graduated from my undergrad so I thought it would be a good opportunity to come to Korea um my mom is Korean but I had never spent a long time here before. So I wanted to kind of take that opportunity. And then I ended up really liking it here. I went to grad school here and then just ended up working here. Um, And yeah, like I said, I'm from a mixed race household. So my mom is Korean. My dad is white. um, And I grew up mostly in America. So I guess that's pretty much
2: it.
0: (laughs) Is it my turn? Yes. Okay. (laughs) I'm not used to these, so. so... I I grew up in, so I was born in Korea, but when I was, like, four years old, I moved to Thailand. And from then, I just studied school there at a mission school. I lived there for 17 years. I also went to college there. And then, you know, as all Korean males have to, have to go to in servitude of the military. So I was forced to come back. But when I came back, uh, my mom, like, so my whole family moved back after my sister graduated. So my mom then asked me if you uh, want to move to a Korean university. So I tried and I applied to other universities for, at first, like just transfer. But I failed all my transfers. So I just like reapplied. <laughs> and then the first, the first one that came out was KU. And I applied for KU, got there, and then went to military, came back. And I'm a free man <laughs> currently. Thank you.
2: So Kelly, you're an illustrator and Mm. Dong photographer. How did you guys get into that career? Like any specific moment in your life that has impacted you to become an illustrator and be interested in photography and all that?
0: So I started as a graphic designer actually. So in middle school, uh, one of my teachers, he just asked me, Hey, you want to come learn graphic design? I was like, sure. Like, like, I don't know. Like, literally, <laughs> it was just like that. So, okay. yeah. And yeah. then I started learning graphic design, and wow. it was very fun at first. So I was like, I want to learn more. Mm-hmm. And then it went to cinematography, like video editing, and then it went to photography. So mm-hmm. I have a mixture of backgrounds. So I can do uh, all of them. I'm not, like, a professional. Mm-hmm. I, I still categorize myself as a novice because no. yeah, because I'm still not at that stage where I can teach someone. So I'm still playing around with it. Mm. So, yeah, I think that's my background. So I started, like, early on, like, when YouTube just came out. Me and my friends, we were just playing and uploading videos on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And uh, I uploaded, play games, recorded it, upload YouTube and stuff like that. Mm. And I've done a lot of media work. So that's how I was interested in all of this uh, photography and everything. Mm -hmm. Especially when I was in high school, we had a photography club. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And all those guys in the photography club, I wasn't part of it, had a camera. And I really wanted that camera for some reason. (laughs) I I so wanted that camera. I asked my dad if he can buy me a camera. (laughs) But he bought me a camcorder. So it's it's a totally different Uh thing. And so I played with my friend's camera the whole time. It, It was fun. So after I finished military, I got interested in photography again. So that's when I like, okay, I have the cash now, the cash I like save during military, I'm going to buy a camera. So Mm. after buying a camera, now I go around just doing, taking pictures. Mm. And I also use them for graphic design. So yeah, that's how I, that's my story.
3: Uh, Yeah, I think, well, how you get into any field, I guess for some people, it's very straightforward. Like they go to school for it and then graduate and get a job in that field. I think though, for a lot of people in creative careers, it can also be very uh, random or you just follow (laughs) an interest. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You just follow an interest. So, um, I mean, we all grew up with computers. I think Mm -hmm. I learned to use Photoshop and stuff in, like, middle school, just, like, Mm -hmm. playing around. Um, But, you know, even though I liked visual art, I didn't take that seriously as a career. I was very, like, I should be practical, like, go you know, to grad school, all this stuff. But when I was in grad school here, actually, um, I, I mean, I would just draw for fun, but I got kind of like a part-time job illustrating these articles for like this blog or like Korean, small Korean company like that was making posts and stuff. Um, so I did that for a while, but then I started getting a commission to do other things. And then I was making pretty good money just doing that. So I just kept doing Mm -hmm. that. (laughs) And then um, I also got really interested in printing, um, doing silkscreen artwork, um, and then doing other kind of like things that are not so digital because I draw a lot digitally. But I think when you do that, you kind of miss some of the tactile experience of making something um, so And I don't really like how digital printing looks that much, so I like having kind of control over that process a bit through printing, or now um, I'm like making books and stuff, um, doing some other kind of craft type work. Um, So yeah, that's kind of been, I guess, the the way that I ended up doing illustration, but Mm -hmm. it's been kind of random,
2: I guess. (laughs) And talking about artworks mm. we really first of all really thank you both of you for participating in the mm. relay mm. and so what were you guys kind of motivated by or like inspired by to create your artworks really um regarding the stop asian hate challenge well, yeah mm-hmm.
1: like what was the the thought processes like that went into creating this artwork that you guys posted
3: yeah i i could go first mm. um For me, I kind of didn't want to make like a like broad general statement. I feel like whenever I would read other people's, um, I guess, thoughts and stuff on it, the things that stood out the most to me were people who spoke from their personal experiences Mm -hmm. or kind of just, yes, didn't try to speak for others, just kind of spoke from their own experience. So for me, when I when uh. This hashtag, I guess, is coming up more, and I was it was just in the media and in social media more. Um, it made me think a lot about my mom's side of the family and their experience because they have that very typical like immigrant story. Mm-hmm. My grandparents moving from Korea to the U.S. in like the '70s, mm-hmm. and then kind of just like trying to assimilate and become American, and mm-hmm. um, and I think in our generation, people are much more outspoken about their experiences Mm -hmm. of racism and stuff. But I I think in like my mom and my grandparents' experience, they kind of just had that Mm -hmm. mindset of like keep your head down and like just kind of blend in Mm -hmm. and make it work and try to like achieve, um, you know, a good life, whatever Mm -hmm. that meant to them. So I was thinking a lot about you know, what their expectations might have been like this American dream kind of thing when they moved Mm -hmm. and how a lot of immigrants must feel when they're trying to move to a new place to for changing their life in some way that they must think is going to be positive. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, the disappointment, too, when you realize there are challenges that come with that as well. So, yeah, that's where I guess I drew inspiration from. And, Uh, I was also listening to a lot of um, Kim Jong-mi around that time. So she's um, an artist from like the 70s and like a lot of her music uh, is kind of like nature themed. Mm -hmm. But there's one song called Your Dream. And even though it's not talking at all about like immigrant experiences, just um, kind of the mood and the title of it reminded me a bit of that uh, theme. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. pretty much it. How about you, yeah, Don?
0: about you, Well, For me? So I know my concept art would look like pretty or well, unpretty, okay? So the idea of it was like how the overall voices for Stop Asian Hate was very minuscule, actually. We we heard a big bang and then it like the speed in which it like disappeared was really fast. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not even like like, it's only been like, what, two months since it mm-hmm. happened, and it's already almost gone. We Surely. barely hear about it anymore. So I was afraid about that uh, when I was making the poster uh, and how our voices are diminishing at a very fast pace and mm-hmm. very fast rate. So that was the concept idea for this poster. So it's on, on a uh, asphalt, like and on a road, a dirt road. Uh, where the poster of stop Asian hate is already stomped on, it's uh, rusty, and the words for like preservation are almost unreadable anymore. So uh, I was kind of like stating an idea that if we do not if we stop now, this is what it's gonna look like. Mm. And uh, if we keep on speaking someday, someone will actually look and actually uh, we will actually, be able to make some changes. And that was the uh, general idea for the poster.
2: Mm.
0: As you can see, uh, it, I don't know, I don't want to say it, but it kind of became reality.
2: Yeah, you mm. predicted the future. I you know, know I, it's
0: sad. I didn't want it to be like <laughs> this, but you know, in, in some part of me, I think I knew it would happen again. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because the Asian hate thing, it it's always been there. It, mm. it always have. it always existed. It's just that people never actually really look through it before mm-hmm. so like I understood it would happen but I'm kind of at the same time conflicted that it actually did happen so as a person also as a Korean uh, how do I get my voices how do I get these voices out mm-hmm. it has been a question for me so that's why you see very like hazily the don't stop believing but it's it's almost unreadable because mm-hmm. that's an idea I want to believe that we can still hold that we can stop this yet in i guess in an aspect of mine uh, even i'm also losing hope Mm. that uh, it could change so that's the general idea of how i came up with the poster
2: well in terms of individuals making changes do you believe in that do you think individuals like creatives can make a change like if if possible then or like how do you think we can raise awareness or what do you do in your daily life to kind of maintain that um, attention mm,
3: i think individuals can make a difference i mean obviously not in um in like raising a in raising a movement of people and like marching like that's very specific to activism but um mm. for artists i think I think it helps a lot to just speak about your experiences and, like, acknowledge Mm -hmm. the reality of what happens to you and to call out when you see something uncomfortable or racist or Mm -hmm. um, whatever it is, discriminatory happening to others as well. Like, I think that's a big part of it because, like, being... I guess just trying to smooth things over, not cause waves, that kind of thing, is the type of attitude that that makes it easy for people to keep acting discriminatorily and you know voicing, you know, saying hurtful things, acting in violent ways or hurtful ways. Um, when people at least acknowledge the situation that this is a problem, then you can make some change. But I think that's been a problem for a long time. Is like a lot of discrimination against Asian people is maybe not so not so in your face. So it's easy to ignore and people just brush it off. But Mm -hmm. I think if you don't brush it off and as artists, you can speak or uh, or, you know, display um, your opinion visually or otherwise. um, I think that helps a lot in making other people feel more comfortable about even just talking about the problem, mm-hmm. because until you acknowledge it exists, you can't really do much.
0: I just want to add on is like how, uh, as she said, um, one person might not have a big effect, but I don't think a lot of people are looking for a big, huge impact. Mm-hmm. It, it it starts with a ripple, I think. Every Everyone could be metaphorically uh, categorized as a droplet of mm-hmm. water. A- in a large body of water, You one drop but mm-hmm. the ripples it make is actually quite huge but we don't see it at first it it, it goes out slowly and very very calmly mm-hmm. I think that's uh what a lot we should be aiming for actually mm-hmm. because we can't actually change everything at mm-hmm. like one like mm-hmm. point of singularity it doesn't work that way especially in a society where like Everyone has their own idea. Everyone has their own stance and point of perspective. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult. But what we can do is speak it out. Make sure it's always spoken. It's Mm -hmm. not kept in the quiet zone for long periods of time. I think this happened because a lot of Asians were quiet about it Mm -hmm. a lot of times. It was was more like the stick it up. Like, Mm -hmm. just uh, just get over it kind Mm -hmm. of thing. That I think, I don't know, but most like, Kore, I don't know, but Korean families they're more like if you have a problem, just, just keep it, mm, just don't speak it about. Yeah, keep yeah. it to yourself. Um, my family was a bit different, so mm. you know, my dad was like, if you have a problem, say it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom was like, if you have a problem, don't speak with me, <laughs> 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 because I have problems bigger than you. So, mm. yeah. So my eighth grade syndrome <laughs> didn't win against her. Like what, Kim what, what do you call that? <laughs> Midlife crisis. Yeah. So my mom's <laughs> midlife crisis was a more bigger threat than my, like, you know, eighth grade syndrome. So I guess my mom won. Mm. So, yeah. My my family was a bit open, th- thankfully. So, like, we talk, we still talk now about a lot mm. of stuff. But when I came to Korea, the first thing I found out was how no one speaks, like, mm. about sensitive issues a lot. And yeah. that was something that I kind of... I was disappointed when I first came to back to Korea. And I think it starts with that. I think we have to get it open now. Mm. And it has to be spoken.
1: Yeah, like, I, I totally get it because I think, like, in Korea, you know, just, just like what you guys said, it's like if it's a sensitive topic, you know, if it's going to, you know, create some kind of backlashes or some kind of controversy, people just avoid talking about it, having, having their voice in, in this kind of issues. Do you guys talk about that with your family? Not at all or like you know personally in your daily life about like you know i mean and not and just racism mm. but like these kind of sensitive like societal issues
0: yeah so every yeah. week so yeah yeah so i don't know but for me every saturdays is family day wow. mm-hmm. so we would always meet uh, with fam- me i have a sister too so mm-hmm. it's us four always every week saturdays mm-hmm. we have lunch we go to cafes and the first thing we do is talk Mm. about anything political issues uh, current news the problems and uh, like i would point out my perspective and my mom would point out her perspective and my dad mm. would be like uh like whatever <laughs> and, uh, he would speak about his perspective but it's dads you know dads are like they like to talk about themselves more mm. and they're at that age <laughs> 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 you know uh, it's, i don't know but dads <laughs> yeah and my sister she also uh, she's like like the mediator of everything so she's mm. she's the smartest Person in our family, so <laughs> she like mediates <laughs> everyone. So yeah, so we talk about it a lot, and I think that's a good start talking mm-hmm. with the family first. Mm, true.
3: Mm, yeah, I mean, I talk to my family about some things, but also I don't live close to them, so it's not mm. like I would meet up with them every week mm. and like have a powwow. I think when we we talk on the phone, it's more about like our personal lives, mm. not really societal issues mm-hmm. like. Mm. I kind of care more about, I guess, yeah, how they are personally than Mm -hmm. like discussing politics with my family. But those things I like more so talking with my friends or um, like people close to me that I can see in person, Mm -hmm. I think, because I think it's also to have those kind of conversations. It's really helpful to be in the same room as someone else and um, not on the phone. I think it makes a big difference.
1: Mm. what are your like how are your experience with like racism just generally mm. like in korea or just in another country what was your experience like
0: well for me it was like uh, well i'll talk about how uh, i'll start with korea because i like to criticize my own country and my country <laughs> for some reason <laughs> I, don't know, I criticize yeah. everyone and everything yeah. so i guess uh, but i'm also i also don't run away from criticism myself so mm-hmm. i think that's a good thing so the first thing I realized, uh, because I'm technically a uh, for, uh, overseas Korean, mm-hmm. I lived like mm-hmm. education twelve years Korea, out of Korea, came back. Uh, there was a lot like when I first came to university, I could feel the presence of everyone running away from me, like like yeah. normal really? Koreans. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, I know they didn't do it on purpose. Mm-hmm. That's definitely, but it it's because I w- my personality and the way I speak is very mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. It was very hard to actually personally connect and be friends with Korean Koreans, like mm-hmm. those who grew up in Korea. Mm-hmm. So even now, most of my friends are like overseas Korean, the ones I made in university, or like Tongari people. In Tongari, mm-hmm. yeah. you you get friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in Tongari, uh, so I am in a uh, Christians uh, Bible studies group. Mm-hmm. Uh, that group, I was able to make friends, but it was still difficult to overcome that barrier of being an overseas Korean because it was still hard to properly connect with them because what I think and what they think are totally different. What I've mm-hmm. experienced and they've experienced totally different. So it becomes a more involuntary act of, I guess, discrimination. They don't know it. They don't know it. It's just that uh, they grew up differently. I grew up differently. We don't know. I think that's the start of uh, how I was more like segregated in Korea, I guess, against normal, against like, you know, <laughs> between normal Koreans, I know, harsh words. And most of my, like, uh, experiences with racism actually comes during my military career. And the one thing I realized while being a KATUSA is that if you don't speak English, you're considered a bad KATUSA mm. for some reason because you can't speak English. And
2: Isn't that one of the criteria? Yes, it's it's one you of apply the criteria mm-hmm. for Katusa. You gotta be good at English. Yes,
0: but remember, we only take the written exams and then apply. Oh. So not all Koreans are actually fluent in speaking English, but but still, most of the hard work and labor is actually done by Katusas. It's very ironic. So the very so because I was in one of the main focal operations department, I get to go around different sections and have to work with a lot of different sections actually. and like because uh, thankfully I was able to communicate a lot, I was efficient in my work. So I had uh, a lot of protection from a lot of the US Army counterparts but the thing is not everyone had the same privilege as me. I could see the difference of how other US troopers treated other Katusas who were who couldn't properly speak or had hard time, getting acquainted with their workspace and they will never call them by name so it's hey katusa hey you short katusa come over here and they would say stuff like it's because you guys are weak that we have to come to your country and i know it's from high-ranking officers that say says this high-ranking ncos that says the same thing and after like we have these training exercises for two weeks and stuff like that uh, there was one time we came back into the base and there was this uh, one, like, uh, staff sergeant. And then he screamed out to, like, one of us, uh, one of my friends. We were at the same group. And he was like, hey, you. Yeah, you with the long face. And he starts talking, like, he starts, like, mocking our face and how your how your eyes are small so you can't see. And, yeah, it's stuff like that. I've heard a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. And it's not only as a Katusa. I also see how other Asian Americans in the U.S. Army are also discriminated. I've never seen like many Asian, Amer- like Asian American soldiers be close with other like actual white or uh, uh, blacks. Oh, blacks, I'm sorry. But yeah, uh, because they're never allowed in the group for some reason. They're never considered as proper soldiers. So they're always pushed away. Mm. I've, I've seen this a lot. And there was one time where Kutusa was sexually harassed. Yes, sexually harassed by a U.S. soldier. And what they did to the U.S. soldier was just moved him to another base. Mm-hmm. Usually you'll be court-martialed and you would be suspended from active duty for a while. But no, they just moved him to another base. That happened before i know it's quite long but thank you
1: (laughs) i think i think um the what the thing that you mentioned at the beginning about how you know being an overseas like korean and how all the struggles i think i resonate with that so much because i'm an i'm an overseas uh, korean as well i i i was educated um in an international school in china most of my life and then i went to the uk and like it is difficult like i i feel the you know the discrimination against those people as well like i um i still feel it you know (laughs) It's not just in like in universities I think a lot of areas of our lives um I still get that experience in in my like during my doing work as well and yeah i i think because of the way you know we were brought up was was really different our mindset our you know, our values in life and our um the way we see things it's really different, and i think yeah like I struggled quite a lot as well. I think um, a lot of, probably most of the overseas Koreans feel like the same thing. Um, that kind of um, got me, you know, have this question of, you know, where, like where do I belong? You know, like I always had this feeling, like, you know, the way that I was educated, it was like British, like I received British education, but like I'm too foreign to be considered, you know, part oh, of yeah. their local community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. But uh, at the same time, I don't think I ever felt like I belonged to the Korean communities in the UK. Mm. So, like, I'm just in the middle, you know, <laughs> like, and I don't feel identity. the sense of, you know, belonging anywhere. Yeah. So, like, I've had that kind of experience as well. But, yeah, um, I just wanted to add that, you know, like, I, <laughs> yeah, I totally understand. It's just...
3: Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Like, um, I, I, I would categorize my experience as similar to yeah. yours in that. I think I've realized from, you know, living different places in America and then moving here, that you can't really base your identity or sense of belonging on like how other people feel about you in that space. It's like Mm -hmm. you have Mm -hmm. just as much right to be like, I am Korean and I also have this background, but it doesn't mean I'm less Korean just because other people might feel like awkward around you. Like that, I guess that's their personal Mm -hmm. problem there. That's their personal problem or whatever. um, If they, you know, aren't used to maybe interacting with someone who comes from a different background or, um, you know, meeting someone with, like, a more diverse background who is also Korean. Um, but, yeah, I I think, like, for me in America, um, growing up in, like, a smaller suburb in, like, Texas, I, I like, I was just Asian. So even though I'm mixed, like, most people in my community were just white. So if you were any, like, minority, even – mixed or whatever you definitely weren't white so you're just like in that other category and then I also didn't really feel um connection to mm-hmm. that like Korean community especially because it's very much based in like at least in my where mm-hmm. I grew up in like a church and I was not part of the Korean mm-hmm. church thing mm-hmm. like my family's just not like a part of that community mm-hmm. um so yeah I didn't really vibe with that most of my friends were from other Asian backgrounds or like Indian or Somalian or just, you know, from other cultures as well. Um, So they kind of also understood that. Um, And then I moved to California and that was probably the best experience in terms of a sense of belonging just because it's so diverse. Like in LA, there's a lot of mixed people. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of people who come from different backgrounds and people are just used to it. They don't really... You don't really feel like you're being categorized that much because people just are more exposed to. There's so many different kinds of people. Mm. And then obviously moving here, it's very much the opposite of that, where, I mean, of course you'll Mm. find diversity anywhere, but in Korea, it makes sense. Like most people come from a Korean background Mm. and grew up here most of their life, and that's totally fine. But you definitely feel that sense of difference more keenly because if you're not from that background, it just naturally stands out more. So I know, like, it's very unlikely that people would consider me Korean, but I can't base my identity on how people guess where I'm from when they first see me. Like, a lot of people think I'm Japanese when they first meet me. Um, I get that a lot, or just, like, general foreigner. But with a mask on, I I get a lot of... um, Korean, like people think I'm Korean when mm-hmm. I'm wearing the mask, or from behind, you know, they'll ask me like <laughs> directions and stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I, I totally get where you're coming from. Just that mm-hmm. it's hard to base your identity on something mm-hmm. when, especially mm-hmm. when you move and you're like, well, I don't, I don't fit in here or here. So, mm-hmm. like, what is? How do I define that exactly?
1: Yeah, like, yeah, I think it's similar. Like, UK is also. A country with a diverse range of people you know race you know from different cultures the loads of international students so even though i you know i felt that sense of you know discrimination i think it wasn't that difficult for me to kind of like just get myself together and you know just went on with my life being okay with just not belonging anywhere being okay with you know who i am you know and I think it was it wasn't that difficult for me but you know when i came back here it's like because of how the society is, and the people here are so you know it's very like unified it's very united and a lot of people like consider the the way that i behave the way that i that i think the way that i talk you know, all that is is somewhat you know different to, to typical koreans right and and somewhat foreign so i've had loads of people you know asking try to just try to fit into the society you know (laughs) like you have to behave in certain ways don't don't do that you know people are gonna think that's weird and you know how you know people care so much about how other people perceive themselves Mm -hmm. but you know i I mean so there was a period where i was really like stressed about about that and you know the the pressure coming from that Mm -hmm. but i think now i'm at a point where i'm i'm okay and you know i'm okay with with all of that like I kind of have that belief in myself you know having different culture inside me you know that's what that's what makes us so unique you know that's mm. like the core of who I am you know mm-hmm. I think and I don't need like validation or acceptance from other people for being who I am mm-hmm. and yeah that's the the kind of conclusion um like I don't mean that you know I I disrespect the the culture here you know I don't like the culture but I think I don't think anything should be forced, you know, mm. on, on me yeah. to the mm-hmm. point where you know I have to change myself to the to kind of fit into the society mm. as someone who's not really me, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I think what I came to realize that it, it, what's really important is the fact that I care about how like my own belief and my own opinion of myself that like that's the most important thing, mm. and like yeah, that's the mm. I think that's the the conclusion that I've that I've come to realize. I think yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I think um,
3: it's hard when, especially mm-hmm. if someone tells you, like, don't do this because yeah. it's weird. Like, um, I, I think now, though, I think in Korea it is because, you know, there are more overseas Koreans. And I mean, just international travel in general. Well, maybe not right now, but um, <laughs> people coming from different backgrounds, there is slightly more diversity. And it's becoming more normal, just mm-hmm. even among Korean people, like people who have lived abroad or... You know, grown up somewhere else or whatever Mm -hmm. that may be, um, or who are mixed, like and born in Korea and grew up in Korea. Like, I know I have friends who have kids, like young kids, and they're now of mixed backgrounds, and those kids are going to grow up in Korea, or maybe Mm -hmm. they'll go move somewhere else. I don't know, but um, I do think that will change a little bit over time, and people will kind of have to accept that that's Mm -hmm. also Korean. Like, if there's not this. You know, very strict definition of what a Korean person is. Like, mm-hmm. um, and I think that is kind of hard to wrap your head around too when you, um, when the culture has been really, I guess, more, yeah, just um, homogenous uh, mm-hmm. until recently. Um, but I, yeah, I think it's good to just accept that people have differences and not mm-hmm. every. Obviously, not every Korean person is going to act the same way. <laughs> no, same, so you yeah. should just accept that. Yeah.
1: You know, as a creative, what is one thing, or or it can be many things, I think, you know, what are the things that keep you motivated?
0: <laughs> That's a very hard question. It's, I'm I'm the type of guy who's like, don't think for about a while, like for a long time. And then it pops in my head, like, ooh, let's make this. And mm. I, I usually do that. So most of the, like, Know, artworks I did and pictures I take was usually just Sparky I got an idea, a spark mm. and then I was like oh I have to do it now mm. and and then I have this long term of doing nothing mm-hmm. or just just mm-hmm. thinking and imagining well, what should I do? It's mm. usually how I think. Yeah. But it, I think I get a lot of influences from uh, media, from my family, from my friends, uh, their, uh, movies and stuff like that. So I get a lot of references from there. A lot of my work, there are a few references in between uh, my work, and it's because I have that, that I might be thinking, oh, maybe I can make it with my twist. Maybe I can take a picture of this with my perspective and stuff like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah,
3: that's interesting. I think, f- I think there's like two sides. Like, um, you know, a lot of times we wait for like, oh, I need to be inspired to like do something, and that can be really you know, motivating um, and exciting. Um, But recently, I kind of feel like um, I haven't, like my approach to get motivated is just to not wait to feel motivated, to just keep making things. And then, you know, it's kind of like, if you make enough things, some of them will be good. (laughs) and You can use them or whatever. But I guess just not to be too perfectionistic about it because I've found like if I try really hard and like get stuck on making something perfect, I'm never going to finish it. And then also I'm just like going to be discouraged from making things because I'm waiting to like for some feeling or for some some perfect thing to happen. So, yeah, I've kind of just found like it's nice to enjoy the process of making something and like get be less focused about whatever the final product is going to be um, and to know that if you keep making things like some of them you will like (laughs) Um, or you might you might discover something interesting while you're just playing around and that's kind of when you enjoy making things the most I think when you're enjoying the process of it not trying to rush to the finish line of like what it's going to be
2: you know, as a creative regarding artist activism what do you think your role in that is if there are any like
3: a, <laughs> it's a bigger it's yeah it's a big question I think I mean I I know quite a few really amazing artists who like uh, my friend Ashley Lukachevsky she we went to university together and she's like a really um, outspoken artist um, artist and activist who a lot of her art is about um, like Black Lives Matter or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, political issues and stuff like that. Uh, For me, I feel like I'm not so much in that category of like someone who whose work is specifically focused on that topic. But I hope that for me, just maybe being more honest about my own experiences Mm -hmm. and um, in that way, in that small way, maybe making a difference. But yeah, I don't, I don't really consider myself as like a super outspoken like activist whose art is all about that. But mm. hopefully, can contribute in a small way here <laughs> and there. How about you?
0: That's great. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, because uh, me too. I'm I'm not an active activist, but I I'm more of a passive and I use I'm more of the work in the background type of guy. So. Uh, This is probably the first time I've actually openly became involved in uh, kind Mm. of activist work. But uh, in my character itself, I'm more of the person who stays at the back and then explains to the people who don't understand what's going on. Mm. And uh, I think I'm one of those voices. Uh, I would consider myself as the BGM, (laughs) you know, the BGM. Everyone's like, ooh. But, like, no one actually considers it unless you're really interested in, like, oh, that sounded really nice. Maybe I should, like, search for it. But usually in the movies and stuff like that, we don't actually look for BGMs, right? Mm -hmm. Usually we look for the title songs and the actual, like, real, like, music and stuff like that, not Mm -hmm. the very cozy and, like, soft, calm BGMs. I consider myself that kind of guy. Mm -hmm. So I'm there, but uh, not in a way that people can perceive uh as a big involvement but i'm still there nonetheless a, a small voice that will you know talk about this because it, i think it's now more a, of a responsibility i think as a person in- involved with these and experience a person who experienced uh racism firsthand uh, it it's better to talk about it with people who've never experienced it or doesn't know about it or doesn't care about it because once they start knowing, it, it does I don't it's not that they should know, but uh, they should have a general idea of what's going on. I think that's mm-hmm. how I can help,
3: yeah, that's, cause also some people won't notice those things unless mm-hmm. they first like, I can, I can understand to a certain point where if you grow up and you've never experienced that kind of discrimination, you would just not notice it because it's not being directed at you or like whatever, you know, you can ignore it. (laughs) Um, But if someone brings it up to you, then you naturally would start to notice it more and then um, you can speak about it or, you know, support others. Um, Yeah, I, I, I kind of am on the same wavelength as you mm-hmm. kind of. Sh- I, I like sharing when I see someone else like say something really poignant or like make a good point, kind of using social media or platforms like that, where, you know, maybe you have a small following because of your artwork, mm-hmm. but you can also use, you know, stories or posts to direct attention elsewhere to people who are devoting their lives more mm-hmm. fully to activism and those topics. So I
0: mean, like. Have you ever been asked, like, why is your English so good? <laughs> like, I think a lot of, like, yeah, like you yeah. guys would have been asked <laughs> questions like that. So I've been asked questions almost by everyone in my, like, like uh, club. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's become, like, speaking English for me, it's like my first language. It's mm. yeah. I don't know what most exactly. people would think, but for <laughs> me, it's my first language. Mm-hmm. And saying your English, yeah. it's good. Where did you learn it? I'm like, mm-hmm where did you learn Korean? I want to say that, but yeah, yeah. I can't, you know? And
3: I, yeah. In context too, it's like, it, I, I feel like it would be even more complicated like living here because it's like, and being Korean too because it's like, okay, I guess that assumption isn't completely wrong. Like they maybe <laughs> yeah, yeah. just think I just grew up here, but to you, it's like, well, of course I speak English well. Mm-hmm. Like I spent 17 years of my life yeah, um, going to, yeah, speaking English. So.
0: Yeah, it, it's like that. It's like helping them understand that uh, just s- by slowly uh, saying mm. to me, mm-hmm. English is my first language and mm-hmm. Korean would be considered my second language. Mm-hmm. Explaining these little things will at least change their perspective a little bit when yeah. they ask the next yeah. question who can speak English or where to learn English mm-hmm. like that.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good point in like, mm-hmm. the, like the background. Like it doesn't have to always be this big production of mm-hmm. like I'm doing activism. It can be like yeah. <laughs> just like, yeah, just taking the time to like, explain to someone or, like, you know, maybe hedge their assumptions a little bit, um, m- make them think, oh, like, yeah, maybe next time I won't mm-hmm. assume, mm-hmm. Thing- or I'll just ask someone um, maybe more about themselves before I'm like, why is your English so good? <laughs> you never know,
2: yeah. I think, like, only a few years ago, I thought the sentence, your, your Korean is really good, oh. like, saying that <laughs> to foreigners was, <laughs> I actually thought that as complimenting Mm. him Uh. or her but then you know now that I think of it it's like it could be a really uncomfortable sentence to some people and Yeah. yeah that's why I get more i think more before mm. i s- mm. actually say yeah. something yeah i
3: actually it's funny that you say that because i think i had this conversation <laughs> with some. well first of all i hear that a lot but i don't really <laughs> take it, i don't really take offense because that's like yeah you know whatever but um but i was thinking about it and i was like oh i guess it does make sense that like some people might feel offended by that if they've like some mm. people have lived here for like 15 years yeah. and of course the Koreans are really yeah. good. Like, yeah. Especially like for me, I, maybe I take it for granted sometimes that I can live here with my visa. But, you know, some foreigners who have to li- who live here for a long time and mm. get residency, they have to jump through a lot of hoops to yeah. be able to. And part mm. of that is learning the language. Just like in America, I would never ask some tell someone like, oh, your English is really mm. good because they're, you know, um, maybe have a slight accent or maybe they um are an immigrant or something it's like well they moved their whole life (laughs) to america like of course they learned english um and that's great but yeah it's funny to think
1: of it from the other side there is anything that we want to talk about (laughs) we can carry on if you want to say anything like if you want to add anything feel free to (laughs)
3: yeah i wanted to ask you guys how has your experience been like running the relay and stuff oh yeah that's um and yeah has has anything surprised you, or how has the experience been in general?
1: I had some someone tell me that <laughs> um, they were like, I I believe in in you know I believe in what we're trying to do, but like they don't think social media is is a suitable place to to make you know that that um, substantial you know change when it comes to societal mm. issue. It will disappear, and mm. you know this it's it's not going to be worth effort basically.
2: But then, if not social media, then what? else like what th- other platforms I th-
1: yeah I think
3: could... that's a bit silly because well first of all there have been studies about because um, uh, in university I studied international relations and one of the classes I took was about social movements mm-hmm. um, and one of the a few of the ones that we read research papers about were specifically about people using um, not even necessarily social media but like you know technology and sending messages in certain ways and social media obviously could be a big part of that I don't mm-hmm. think it's been around enough for there to be that many mm-hmm. studies about it. But um, I think it is very substantial to, like, spread information, mm-hmm. obviously. Like, honestly, that's how I hear about a lot of things. And mm-hmm. I, probably how I first heard about, um, like, the Stop Asian Hate movement and, you know, the original incident and all of that was through Instagram and people I follow posting things, posting news. I don't really read the news that much just because it's a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um So yeah, I think that's a little bit short-sighted that it's not a place to talk about these things. I understand if someone doesn't feel comfortable personally doing Mm -hmm. it, but I think overall it can be a really powerful tool. So yeah, it's interesting.
0: I think in the long run, education has to also have some requirements of teaching students and young people about different races. Mm. That's an important factor too. And in hindsight, the Korean education system is quite behind schedule <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when mm, it comes I'll to it these uh, civil matters around the world. So it'll take time. Mm. But, you know, someone has to keep pestering. And mm. it's it's usually the quiet guys who keeps on the pesterings is because you know, we keep talking about it. And it's, mm. it's those guys and it's those people. Uh, change comes, change mm-hmm. comes, but uh, people have different, like, perspective on change too some for some people Mm -hmm. change has to come right away it has to be like a snap Mm -hmm. like like Mm -hmm. how Thanos snapped everyone around the world (laughs) if you guys watch the movie okay Uh, spoilers but like for some people this change can take slow Mm -hmm. it's a slow process Mm -hmm. Uh, but someone has to do the base work someone has to build the foundation and building the foundation it's not easy it takes time it takes effort
3: Mm -hmm. I was also going to say like like you're mentioning before, the drops in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's a lot easier to be a drop in the ocean mm-hmm. through social media because <laughs> you can spread something. You don't have to come up with an original idea all the time. You can help, you know, disseminate an idea that catches on. Mm-hmm. That And like, um, I know we were saying before it can be disappointing that maybe this, like, trend on Instagram is not as big as it was for, mm-hmm. like, a month or so that it was super mm-hmm. popular. But... Um, I don't think that that diminishes the impact it has because, you know, now it's all in our collective consciousness of like, um, you know, these things like circle back to like with Black Lives Matter originally. Mm-hmm. Like that was quite a while ago, but then, you know, it, it comes up again and it, it continues to come back into our consciousness and on our screens um, as we surf social me- media because people are sharing mm-hmm. and people are you know, speaking up, maybe not through their own posts, but, you know, through sharing what they see. So it's, it's repetition, <laughs> you know, mm.
0: Trump does it well, but in his case, it's a bit different. But repetition is important. It, mm. We have, it's not, it's about uh, keep going, mm. I think. Just don't be, don't stop believing. That's uh, one of my catchphrases for my poster. It's because I know there's gonna be change. It might not be now. It might be ten years, or well, twenty years. It could mm-hmm. be thirty years. But uh, just as how Martin Luther King, he never envisioned change would come quickly. He never did, but he still tried because he knew, like, uh, by the time, uh, like, his grandchildrens might grow up and stuff like that, they would live in a better society mm-hmm. than what he had to go through. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't think he never expected change right now, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that's uh, tragedy. Uh, but he would probably. Uh, he would not be content, but he would still be happy seeing the world changing. I think we're Mm -hmm. still in the process of understanding because global globalization happened. It's very recent. A lot of people don't understand it, but this phenomenon is very recent. It takes time Mm -hmm. for people to understand. It's going to take a while, but I know it's coming. Change is coming.
3: Yeah, people think ten years is a long time, but in this in like (laughs) the context of history and like movements, it's actually very short. Mm -hmm. And like if you even look at the past ten years in terms of the discourse on racism, like things that people thought were okay to say in twenty ten or twenty eleven, people are getting, you know, cancelled on Twitter or whatever for their old tweets from Mm -hmm. that time and it's just Mm -hmm. crazy to see what people thought was socially acceptable that now we would never accept. Mm -hmm. Um and so I can imagine in, like, 20, 30 years, it will only be even more different. Mm -hmm. And while that may seem like a long time, and it is too long, um, it's also, in the context of history, like, very short. So, um, yeah, I think I feel... I feel um, not... I don't feel disappointed by, Mm -hmm. you know, that things might take a little bit longer than we hope sometimes.
1: I mean, totally. I think I agree that, you know, the conversation needs to continue, you know. It has to, especially you know, in a country like, you know, Korea, um, where people don't really discuss about these societal issues. I think I think it's so important, even if it's, like, s- on a smaller scale, even, you know, even if we're talking to a smaller audience, I think it's important that, you know, we, we talk about it, having conversation. I think, you know, that's how we raise awareness of it. Mm. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I haven't seen that much. I mean, maybe just because I'm not looking for this type of news okay. or it's not popping mm-hmm. up on my newsfeed. Um, I haven't seen that much on the discourse of like racism in Korea so mm-hmm. much besides mm-hmm. like people's personal experiences. Um, but have you guys seen any like I don't know that coming up more people talking about it or is it kind of just something that people aren't really that interested it's,
1: in? It's something like that's something that I realize well as you know when it comes to like r- racism you know how, like, in Western media, it's like, it's a big thing. And, you know, whenever, mm-hmm. you know, the incidences happen, like, it's like hitting the headlines, right? Like the, the news, it's, it's a really big thing. But, like, if you look at the Korean, the website, the neighbor, whatever, you know, it's just like one line mm-hmm. at the corner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's and
0: just, it's mm-hmm. only reported if the person who it's is, like, mm-hmm. you know, Korean mm-hmm. is affected. Mm-hmm especially like the shooting in the sauna and stuff like mm-hmm. that it, it was because they were Korean it was it got reported mm-hmm. uh, if it wasn't Korean they would just mention it like oh this happened mm-hmm. in the US
2: i feel like korea is a and Koreans are really ignorant they could be really ignorant including myself <laughs> so that is one of the reasons why i'm doing creative soul as well it's kind of like a reminder for myself to keep the attention and to kind of always try to raise awareness at least Mm because if not then well honestly i don't talk about um, racism a lot with my friends or my family members because well mm, it's just not a top a topic that's brought up recent like Mm -hmm. often i don't know why Mm -hmm. maybe because of education and I was mostly raised in Korea yeah but Mm. it's the least thing I can do Mm. I guess to kind of make this kind of platform and to hear more be willing to hear more about uh, from others yeah
1: yeah like that's the same reason for me like I I I don't talk about it if I don't talk Mm. about it here I don't talk about it Mm. But it actually, it matters. <laughs> it does matter. It's important that we are educated um, about about this kind of issue. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's why we are, you know, doing this. We want to raise the the issue and, you know, the, the conversation that that's not really happening.
3: Yeah, I mean, as much as I, I think I said before, like, it, it can be very homogenous, like, mm-hmm. but uh, that's not really true in terms of, like, po- I mean, maybe the percentages i don't know what they are but there are a lot of people who immigrate to korea as well or there's like um chinese koreans too Mm. that's a community as well as like people who get married and come here Mm -hmm. and um maybe have difficulties or i don't know but um yeah it'd be interesting to hear more people's perspectives because to be honest like uh from those communities i don't know that much i know i guess just yeah personal experiences from people that i know but um, it's always nice to hear mm-hmm. how other people think about these things um, while living here or elsewhere.
1: Yeah, definitely, because I mean, even though we're like all Asian, individual, diff- like experience on it is, r- is really different. Like they're all really different. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important that we create a platform or, you know, a place where they can share their experience.
0: I think we have to also understand that we just don't know we have to accept the fact that we don't know. We're not mm-hmm. as smart as mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, media says humans are smart. But I don't know. <laughs> to me, the human mankind is a bunch of idiots <laughs> that just happened to make fire. And we were able to use fire for everything else in between. But, yeah, we ha- I think we have to accept the fact that we are ignorant to mm-hmm. some point mm-hmm. a- at, at a certain stance. Mm. Uh, we have to be open. Mm. We have to be open to change. I, I talk with my grandma for, uh, and You know, grandmas, they don't like to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're at that stage where er, their ideas and their way of life is complete. Yeah. So it's very difficult to uh, push an opinion to my grandma. Yeah. For two years, my grandma would talk about how I live like a girl. In her <laughs> standpoint, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. What's <that>? Two years. <laughs> what does that mean? I, been, what does that, mean? Because that? <laughs> I like... Uh, I, very interested in interior designing, so yeah. I decorate my room and stuff like that. And looks, yeah. And I clean my room. I don't know, but my grandmother thinks that's not what a guy should do. Mm, like uh, gender uh gender roles and stuff like that. Yeah. So it, for her, I I understand. I understand. For her, it's already almost too late, because for her, she lived with that gender role. She was forced into the role mm-hmm. too, and it's hard for her to change. But it doesn't. It's not the same for young people. Young people, they're uh, more open. Mm-hmm. They're still at the stage where they uh, consume a lot of information. Mm-hmm. If one of that information happens to relate with either racism, sexism, or any other like uh, very sensitive topics, it's, it could be a point where there could be a point where people can start talking about it one person don't have to talk about everything but if they Mm. are able to actually speak something at least one of a sensitive topic i think that's a good future i think that's good Mm.
1: i i struggle to to speak to my family (laughs) (laughs) it's not easy Uh, easy. yeah (laughs) and and i think it's i think there's like more probability of making. It change if we speak to a younger generation and you know because mm. they are the ones who will have to you know mm-hmm. i mean obviously uh, us as well but like they're more flexible so mm. yeah i think it's important that we talk about younger generation talk to younger generation i think there's no chance like hardly any chance that you know people who lived 60 70 years w- mm. believing one thing you know t- to change their, mm-hmm. their opinion or belief on it yeah,
3: I think the best you can do is just have them accept that this yeah. is how people are now and, like, they don't have to think that <laughs> mm-hmm. way, but other people do. Um, but I think what you were saying earlier about, like, education, like, educating kids about more about, yeah. um, like, racism, discrimination, like, mm. best practices to mm-hmm. even, like, speak out if someone, they they witness something, you know. I think that can be, import- like, more important than trying to change, like, older people's minds of course it's good to have a discourse with your Mm -hmm. family and stuff but yeah i mean i kind of feel like people in our generation and like younger are more so the people who are going to be making those changes Mm -hmm. not older people Mm -hmm. um and if there's more of us who believe that or who are um, interested in that then we can kind of put put pressure on older people to you know listen to us through voting or um other means of you know wanting to get our attention or our support um that kind of thing
1: mm. yeah i think um because i work in the media as well and mm. i think okay because you know loads of people consume a lot of um, content and i think it's so important that because because how you know kids are going to watch that and they're going to learn from that right mm. so i think mm. as a person who works in the media industry and you know as as creators who's going to create all this content they're, they're going to you know consume i think it's it's important that you know we Change the content we, we we reproduce. You know, like the um, diversify the the roles. Mm-hmm. For example, you know, the like the, the animation, the cartoons. You know, they're all like white. The main characters are white, oh, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But it's you know we should diversify those and the narratives that we you know portray as a person working in media. I think that's really important. Yeah. Speaking of you know like um, education.
0: Yeah, I think media is gonna be it's gonna play an important role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially now. Yeah, after post-COVID would be like the I think it's going to be the new media era. Mm. A lot of things will start going through the media now Mm. uh, because a lot of things actually happening on media. Media Mm. consumption has skyrocketed and because Mm, of this and it's going to stay like this for a while until something new happens. But I think this is the time when we can, you know, use this opportunity Mm -hmm. to have something a bit better, Mm -hmm. something. Something worth uh, discussing. Something that to keep them interested. Oh, mm-hmm. I yeah. just remembered something. Uh, I remember this article talking mm-hmm. about. Yeah. Uh, skin skin? Uh, yeah. Uh, so there was this uh, in Korea uh, before people were educated in different colors. So they had like, yeah. So there was like white, black, and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And there was this. I forgot that color's name now. I think it's cream or like ivory. I don't remember. Yeah. But like 10 years ago, children would call it 살색, skin color. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh-huh. That was the official apparent no. name for... That's
3: kind n- of like the foundation thing yeah. in America, mm-hmm. like the foundation that's called like mm-hmm. nude or something, mm-hmm. but it's oh, just yeah. like white, you <laughs> <Okay>. know? <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: But uh, the government, uh, after a few years, the government got involved and they now change uh, the word for that mm-hmm. in education. So mm-hmm. uh, students are not allowed, and mm-hmm. pr- teachers are not allowed to call it 살색 anymore. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it happens. Change does happen if you see it like that. Mm-hmm. It just takes time. It takes time. Yeah. Be patient, people.
3: <laughs> yeah, I guess it reaches a level that's just like, oh, everyone kind of feels like this is socially unacceptable. And it's it's kind of through, yeah, these like social media things or like, you know, Broader, mm-hmm. We've just people talking about it and being like, you know, this makes me uncomfortable. This makes a lot of people uncomfortable for people to realize like, oh, maybe that's not a great idea. Maybe that is a bad look for us. Like mm-hmm. in our own best interest, we shouldn't keep doing it this way, you know? So yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't heard about that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I remember using that crayon, mm-hmm. crayon, and you know, like when, I was in elementary and you go to classrooms and there are drawings by children then all of the skin colors are the same it's this it, like yeah, br- yeah, yeah. brighter than this mm-hmm. type of color when in fact Koreans don't have that skin colors mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really ironic in mm-hmm. a way I
3: was going to say like um, this is kind of maybe i don't know now we're on this topic so but um (laughs) yeah i i wonder if you guys had like opinion about um that in korea i mean obviously it's people know like people like to look white -er, or or like look more pale Mm. um and there's usually not that many foundation colors or Mm. like in terms of makeup and i mean it, it kind of makes sense to a certain extent but also you know you can get tanned too, like mm. even though it's not maybe very um well, now though, there are some models who are more yeah. um tanned and mm. some um singers too, right? Um so I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that like I guess the discourse around skin color kind of changing mm. in Korea beyond crayons but <laughs> beyond
0: crayons. <laughs> still not sure because. Be, uh, a lot of people still think being white is good. Mm. It happened like a few weeks ago uh, mm. in my tongari. It happened in my tongari. Okay, mm-hmm. so there was this person who came into our tongari just to visit, and uh, she had pale, pale skin skin uh, even for a Korean. Mm. And then uh, one of the members in uh, my tongari, she just said, "Why is your uh, your skin is so white? It's good, but like I remember like." a few months ago like when that person and me first met and she was like why are you black
1: uh, it was
0: a, ve- a very negative tone it's like it's like i mean is it wrong to be a bit dark skin tanned? but uh, mm-hmm. that's that idea is still persistent it, it's a bit i know uh, they're talking about the korean standpoint view and perspective but still if you you talk about overall, it, it just sounds so wrong to mm-hmm. me. But to Koreans, they don't speak as if it's wrong. It, mm. yeah. I, it's the same thing. I mean, uh, white people getting tan. Mm. It's, it's okay. But, mm. you know, African-Americans, apparently it's not okay. <laughs> right? I mean, I don't know why. Your, dark, you know, your skin becomes darker. Uh, apparently, it looks sexier. It looks uh, much more toned down. But for some reason, uh, in the United States, because a lot of the U.S. soldiers I worked with, they like getting tan, uh, most of the white guys. Uh, they like getting tan and stuff like that, but I don't understand why they don't like... The way why skin discrimination is still a thing. If yeah. they like getting tan, it doesn't make sense.
1: Yeah, like my, I had a friend like that well. I had a friend who was like, oh, I don't want to get tan because... I don't want my skin to to be darker and, and black. <laughs> it's like, <laughs>
2: what is wrong with that? I,
1: you know, know? I know, right?
2: <laughs> I mean, I think it's up to the individual's preferences, mm-hmm. but it's just wrong to judge other people yeah. based on your perspective. Mm-hmm. And in terms of women... Um, being better like looking brighter I think it's what the Korean media that's where the Korean media played like a a big role (laughs) when portraying actresses through media it's like even the lighting system it's different so it's it makes the actresses to look wider
3: Yeah, I think, I mean, maybe similar to the, again, the, like, drops in an ocean thing, I think this is maybe something <laughs> that, <laughs> that will change it's over good t- thing
0: I used that metaphor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, know. you guys are free to use it. Yeah.
3: Um, maybe it's, like, over time. And, like, uh, even what we were saying before about this idea of, like, um, a person who is Korean looks like this, like, has this color skin. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily true. Um, uh but yeah it's really interesting because that like idea of whiteness being associated with being good or being Mm -hmm. beautiful or being more wealthy i mean that's existed for a while Mm -hmm. Uh, it's like that in india Mm -hmm. as well um if you're lighter skinned or fairer you're like it has good associations there's like a lot of whitening creams and stuff there too but Mm -hmm. um Yeah, it's just interesting. I I wonder if it's something that will change going forward because I do notice there are more um, people either on social media or um, celebrities who are um, wanting to be darker now, but then also that has its own Mm. problems Mm. because Mm. uh, I don't know if you guys saw this. There is a brand who they, uh, they... The pictures of their model who's Korean, they like darkened her skin a lot to look like... She basically almost looked black Uh, and they cut her face out or like they cut her face out of it too. Mm. So they didn't hire a black model, but they they thought that clothes would look better if her skin was darker. So they altered, you know, there's like Mm. black fishing. That's kind of a term these Mm. days. So um, people are kind of, you know, also like, I guess it could kind of seep into the cultural appropriation way too. like, oh, you thought this was bad until now. It's cool to be like, there are a lot of famous black celebrities and you want to emulate that. And now it's a trendy thing to do, even though before it was like very um, discriminated against. So I don't know,
2: I guess it's just complicated.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of complicated (laughs) stuff
1: in
2: the world. It's about time for us to wrap up today's conversation. Thank you for those who might be listening to this through Anchor FM right now. I think Professor hyung is going to listen to it as well. Oh. Thank you. No. <laughs> and thank you, Dong and Kelly, so much for your interesting stories today. Updates on our next session will be shared on our Instagram at Creative Soul Sessions. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>